do da dippity. You can get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with that. I think you can get with this, this is kind of fat. And to ESPN 1000, Pat Boyle making his way over to the NBC Chicago studios to uh, do the pregame for your Chicago Blackhawks at Nashville today. Early start on that one, 1130, can catch it all. And uh, we have a lot of time to take your calls, 312-332-3776. If you want to, uh, we didn't have time to get your calls during the hockey show. So if you want to weigh in on the Pat Foley celebration, or we got into a little bit of conversation about uh, play-by-play announcers in general here in Chicago, what they mean to you. And uh, I think to older sports fans out there, they mean quite a bit. Uh, to the younger generation of sports fans and how they consume their favorite sports, maybe not so much. And Jay Cantu, uh, our young genius behind the glass, certainly would fit in that category. And Jake, just curious uh, as to one, how you consume your your you know favorite sports, whatever they may be, and and do you have favorite announcers? Do you care who's calling a game? Oh, I definitely care who's calling a game. Uh, I guess now the way I consume it is Apple TV. They're mm-hmm. taking over, <laughs> um, but I'm there uh, with you. I, I finally said uh, goodbye to the Directv satellite and uh, switched over to Apple TV this year. Yeah, it's it's crazy how things have just evolved to this now. Uh, but got to give a big sh- uh, shout out to Dave Schrader, uh, old Dallas Stars play-by-play announcer who wow. passed away uh, to cancer a few years ago. One of my favorite announcers to ever call a game for Dallas Stars hockey. Because you grew up in uh, in Texas, right? Yeah, I grew up in Texas and uh, grew up around there. Daryl Razoray, another big guy who who's been doing uh, either he did a little bit of play by play, but also uh, analyzing for more than twenty plus years now for the Stars. So those are my go to guys. Boy, you know it is interesting because I think a lot of young people basically don't sit down and watch an entire game of anything. Really, um, they just you know check out the highlights, and you can go on NBA.com, NHL.com. MLB.com and see the game boiled down to three to three minutes or five minutes. Right. And uh, on your phone, you can sit there and watch the highlights. If you want to see Marcus Stroman fall apart in the fourth inning last night, it's right there for you in 30 seconds. You can get pretty much the recap of, of, you know, there's the three run home run and there goes the three run lead. And let's call it night, even though Marcus Stroman had is, is uh, Carm pointed out on the odds couple, he had a two and one record of 1.61 ERA at Coors in three starts. And then, was sailing along until he wasn't. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting because a lot, a lot of people just, they won't invest three hours or more to watch an entire game. And so therefore they don't fall in love with Pat Foley or Harry Carey back in the day, or, you know, whoever, Adam Amin now, or, or Jason Benetti and Stoney. Um, they just don't have the time or the interest. They, they want to know what happened, but they want to do it on their terms. And see, I'm the type of guy, too, that I'll watch the full three hours and then I'll go and watch the 10 minute highlight. So I love to just go back, even though I know what's going to happen. I love to go back and rewatch it all. That's perfect. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. I don't know if you uh, also would sit down if you're an Angels fan and watch Joe Madden walk Corey, Corey Seager intentionally with the bases loaded to avoid the beginning and the Rangers end up getting three runs anyway. Uh, but the Angels won that game. So I guess he, you know whatever the strategy was last night. One thing about baseball, I, I say it all the time. If you do sit down and invest three plus hours in a baseball game, a lot of times you'll see something you've never seen in any other baseball game. Now I saw that with Barry Bonds. I saw, you know, managers go ahead and walk him intentionally with the bases loaded. 
Corey Seager, I know his numbers were good, but that was interesting yesterday too. But, uh, you know, Joe Mann got away with it yesterday. And the look on Mike Trout's face when, when they you know, had a close-up of him while, while the uh, intentional walk was going on was like, what the hell's going on here? But that's Joe, Joe being Joe. So 312-332-3776 if you want to join the conversation. And the conversation on the eve of the Bulls playoff series starting up in Milwaukee tomorrow, 5.30 tip. If you're heading up north to Fiserv, I don't think we're going to see Bulls Nation turning out, you know, kind of like when the Cubs are good and they go up to uh, to the Brewers Park, uh, then Miller Park, and and fill the place and make it Wrigley Field North. And, and the Bulls, back in the day when they were contending, would have a good fan representation up in Milwaukee because it's a quick drive, especially if you're in the northern suburbs. If you are heading up there, you can get standing room tickets for $46. And if you had worked a little overtime this week and get a front row seat for 2600 bucks in a series that no one, and I mean nobody, is giving the Chicago Bulls a chance. If you look at the Chicago Sun-Times polling place in the uh, paper today, even the Bulls faithful, who normally would put on Bulls-colored glasses and, and try to make a case to, to win this series or at least have their loyalty vote, their hard vote instead of their brain, they, uh, the Bucks in five or six gets 47% of the vote. A Bucks sweep is 37, 35.7%. Bucks in seven, uh, if the Bulls taking them to a limit, 2% of the people weighing in. And Bulls in an upset, 15.3%. Probably uh, very loyal Bulls fans who don't want to believe otherwise. Be interesting on the NBC Sports Chicago playoff preview show, uh, Steve Kornacki brought out his big board, and Jason Goff asked Mr. Numbers, what are the odds of your Chicago Bulls pulling the upset against the Milwaukee Bucks? NBC News' Steve Kornacki is here to break it down for us again. Steve, the defending champion Bucks are heavy favorites. What does the data say about the Bulls' chances to win this series? Yeah, the defending champs, as you say, the heavy favorites. We take a look at the bracket there. It is the 3-6 matchup. Historically, three versus six since the NBA went to best of seven in the first round almost 20 years ago. The six seed is 8-30 in this matchup. That's about a 21% win rate. And when you factor in, again, the fact that the Bucks swept the Bulls this year, our computer model thinks the chances of the Bulls winning this series mm. come down to about 17 and a half percent so that's about a one in six shot that the bulls win this series and that's what the computer says another interesting way of looking at this is what does the public think the public that's betting on this uh, series betting on the nba playoffs with their own money this is another interesting way of looking at it mm -hmm. these are the odds to win the nba title and look at this behind the suns the bucks right now are the second choice to repeat as nba champions nine to two shot on the bucks to win the whole thing you got to go pretty far down the list basically to the bottom to find the Bulls sitting there at 100 to 1. So if you're a Bulls fan and you're a true believer and you want to put a couple bucks on them, could be very rich if they truly, truly shock the world and not just beat the Bucks, but win the whole thing. Yeah, shout out to all the true believers out there who put a couple dollars down on the Bulls. Steve, if the Bulls can win game one, how does that impact their overall odds to get out of the first round? 
So it makes it interesting, certainly, right? We're showing you a 17% chance, according to our model right now, that the Bulls win the series. If they can steal the home court advantage, that's what a win in Milwaukee would do. The number would basically double. Win game one, and suddenly you're still an underdog, but now you're looking at about a 35% chance of winning the series. you got a chance if you could take care, uh, take advantage of that home court advantage ever, mm -hmm. you could win the series, theoretically. Now, if the Bulls lose game one, as expected, obviously the challenge becomes that much tougher. Then you got to win like four out of six against the defending champions. The odds of winning the series fall to 11% for the Bulls if they lose game one. So it's always the team that's the underdog. Boy, if you can ever steal game one on the road, it really can't upend things. You're looking at a difference between 11% potentially and 35% based on that game one. Thanks to uh, Jason Goff and, uh, and NBC uh, Sports Chicago. Uh, they had Steve Kornacki on breaking it down and not uh, not great news if you're a Chicago Bulls fan. But it is interesting. Bulls nine-and-a-half-point underdogs going up to Milwaukee in game one tomorrow. And you heard Steve Kornacki say it. If they could find a way to get game one and then, you know, you know you're splitting the first two games up there and then coming home, it's a 35% chance to, to pull the complete upset Still, not no, not great numbers, but what would happen? What would need to happen to even win a game in this series? You know, you look at Zach Levine going into his first playoff experience in the NBA and, and all the seasons he has under his belt. And then you have guys like Kobe White and Io and Patrick Williams, you know, also going into the postseason. It's a whole different animal. And Alex Caruso said he's been trying to, throughout the season, when Look, we've known the Bulls are going to be a playoff team for four, five, six months now. That a 90% plus probability when they're sitting in front uh, of the Eastern Conference for, for all those weeks. So Alex Crusoe was trying to spread a little bit of his experience and, and give him a little heads up on what a different type experience it is in the postseason versus the regular season. And he said he was just trying to tell him how intense it's going to be, trying to get him ready for it. And he's been talking throughout the season but uh, he said they, they would have some idea, but they won't be able to know until they get thrown in the fire. And another guy who's been there and done that is Trist Tristan Thompson. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, no, I think that they, they feel it. I think coaches turn up the intensity. And, um, you know, I think guys understand how important this is because this is all it's about. You know, um, you know, regular season is great and all, and it's cool. You know, regular season is like a seven. The playoffs is like an 11 in terms of intensity. So... Guys got to understand how important each moment is. And I think uh, Coach and, and us veterans have done a good job explaining that to guys. And they'll see. They'll see game one in um, Pfizer form or however you say that arena's name. I don't play there, so it doesn't really matter to me what the name is. Uh, it's going to be rocking in there, especially them being defending champs. You know, they have high expectations, so we got to come in with uh, us against the world mentality. How confident you guys are? Talk about the best guys. So that's Tristan Thompson talking about doesn't even want to know or care what the name is, Pfizer for him. He doesn't care because he, it's going to be rocking, and he's exactly right. And speaking of coaches, he talked about coaches turning up the intensity, and Billy Donovan's been trying to do that. Now, you wouldn't know it from the last few weeks of the regular season, the way the Bulls have limped right into the postseason and played some of their worst basketball, and they're not going to have Lonzo Ball. And, uh, you know, Zach Levine's not 100%. And you talk about coaches. Chris Fleming and Damian Cotter, two of the Bulls' assistant coaches, tested positive yesterday or earlier this week for COVID, and they will not make the trip. Now they've been trying to do help uh, out with Zoom meetings and such, 
It's a couple assistant coaches may not mean anything to to you and I and and you know fans, but to some players they will miss their assistant coaches. Not the same as the Clippers last night. They they missed Paul George, who tested positive for COVID and had to miss uh, yesterday's game. And the Clippers lose that one to the Pelicans by what four or five points, and uh, so they you know they 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 certainly missed Paul George and. Um, that's how COVID's still with us, and we still don't know. It would take maybe a whole uh, the whole Milwaukee Bucks team come down with COVID for the Bulls to win. But make your case, 312-332-3776. Come back, take your phone calls, and we'll do that on ESPN 1000 right after this. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Good to see the sun out on Saturday morning in the great city of Chicago. 312-332-3776. Spring is here. Hopefully, uh, I believe by the end of uh, this week, we're going to be up in the 70s, and hopefully we're done with the snow. But it is postseason basketball time, and to their credit, the Chicago Bulls found a way, even though they're not going into the postseason with any momentum because they have been pretty much awful these past few weeks, and they're still dealing with some injury. Lonzo Ball is out. But uh, Tristan Thompson talked about how their young guys are going to get thrown in the fire. And, and one of those young guys in particular, Patrick Williams, getting his first real experience after coming back from injury this season, uh, is going to get the assignment likely to start against Giannis, who's simply, you know, like he, he doesn't say it like Aaron Rodgers does, but basically he's on the Bulls. He is, uh, when he's been out on the floor against the Chicago Bulls, the last 13 games, he, he and his team has won 13 games, 13-0 since 2017, and this year has been no different. He's been a beast, 26.8 points on average, 13.5 rebounds, five assists. That's just this season. So even if the Bulls, and they're going to give Patrick Williams lots of help, believe me, they're going to, uh, Vooch is going to have to take some time on him. Uh, you're going to just throw some uh, waves of players at him. But even if he gets his, um you know, they have other guys going to hurt you, including Brooke Lopez. So how do the Bulls even hang tough or even make this interesting? Or, you know, can they make it close even in game one? Because let's be honest, throughout this season, the Bucks have beat the Bulls by an average of 14.8 points per game. Here's one stat, though. The Milwaukee Bucks allow the most three-point attempts per game in the NBA. Conversely, the Chicago Bulls, and if you're a Bulls fan, sometimes you think they're jacking them up beyond the arc when they shouldn't be. Even when you've seen those games, because they're kind of desperate, they have taken the fewest three-point shot attempts per game in the NBA. So something's got to give there. And Kobe White, who we know can be a microwave at times, well, he's got to be a lot better than he's been against the Bucs. He's only hit 19.2% of his threes uh in this season series against milwaukee so if the bucks are going to shut off the paint and that's what they like to do and with brooke lopez back though they can do it even more uh decisively than they've done it against the bulls and they've been pretty effective if they're going to give you the long range three you got to make some of those and kobe white has to be better than 19.2 percent demar DeRozan can't be i mean he can be superman and, and we've seen him be at you know at least a half a dozen games where he's been in that 40 to 50 point range and, and, you know, single handedly 
kept the, the Bulls afloat here, such as they were the last couple of weeks. But they're going to, Kobe White's going to have to start connecting. You're going to have to get a lot more from uh, Vucevic and his, uh, his offense and uh, is also his defense, again, against uh, Giannis. So, uh, and he's going to get a healthy dose of Brook uh, Lopez when he's uh, out there on the floor. So we've talked about the experience. We've talked about the three-point shooting. Um, they, they're going to have to connect. They're going to have to score points. And I don't know if that would even make it a, uh, a close game, let alone a series. But yeah, I know Billy Donovan uh, felt like the officials – we're favoring the Bucks with uh, foul calls throughout the series. In one game in particular, um, Milwaukee averaged 26.5 free throws uh, throughout the series, and um, he felt like the Bulls just didn't get a fair shake when it came to whistles. Here's what, how you get whistles. You start playing better basketball because if you come out and don't show up tomorrow and they dominate the first quarter, the first half, the first game, the officials are going to lose interest too. But if you show that you're out there ready to go and give the Bucks a little bit of a contest, you'll, you'll get your fair share of whistles. And you have to do that by driving to the hoop as well. And so that means, you know, guys like Zach Levine are going to have to take the lane when it's available. And it's it's awful tough for the Bucks against the Bucks because they really defend the paint, as I said. 312-332-3776. It's, uh, you heard Steve Kornacki talk about the odds of the Bulls pulling an upset. To give you context and perspective, only one other NBA playoff series has a more weighted odds to win the series. I know on the odds uh, on the uh, odds couple show with Carmen and the great Mike North, Mike gave out a lean on Denver and said, you know, as an underdog, he might take uh, the two-to-one odds for the uh, Nuggets to pull that one off. And they both liked Philadelphia, the 76ers, and the Celtics. Celtics are minus 130. Sixers are minus 184 over Toronto. Um, I know Mike liked that one a little bit, and, and I think Carm said he might even take a look at the Raptors a bit. But if you're looking at the odds, the Phoenix Suns are a minus 1350 over the New Orleans Pelicans at plus 750. That is the most lopsided series odds. Then come your Chicago Bulls, who are a plus 700 to the Milwaukee Bucks, minus 1100. The other series are, are not necessarily close, but they're a lot closer than that. Uh, again, the uh, the Celtics only a, a minus one thirty favorite. The Miami Heat minus four hundred five to the Atlanta Hawks who come in at plus three twenty, and um, Denver plus two hundred or someplace you can get them at plus two two five. And Golden State, the Warriors a minus two seventy five. So if you're putting some money down on FanDuel. You open up that app. I don't know if you have, a, as uh, Jason Goff said, if you've got a few bucks you want to put down on the 100 to 1 for the bucks to go ahead um, and, and win, that, win that series. You know, it might be worth two bucks or so and, and save yourself a cup of coffee and hope that they, you know, will pull off the upset of the upsets. But um, you might want to go ahead and take the nine and a half tomorrow because if the Bucks have been reading all the uh, press, I, I went to the Milwaukee Journal online, Sentinel online, and here in Chicago, we have the Sun-Times and the Tribune breaking down keys to the series. What do the Bulls have to do? You know, going through what I'm going through here, trying to break down and make a case to even make it interesting. You know, they give you three keys. They give you key players, key stats. Up there, it's been a week of get to know, fill in the blank. Get to know Grayson Allen. Uh, get to know uh, Brooke Lopez. It's just a week of fluff pieces because they don't have to give you three or four keys to, to beat the Bulls because, again, that's what they do for a living, and that's what they've done this season. 
312-332-3776 is the telephone number if you want to jump on in. But uh, the Chicago Bulls have been entertaining. I know that, uh, for the most part, fans believe that this has been a, a, a surprising year for sure, a surprising first half of the season, certainly. Uh, no one really liked uh, the way it ended. Uh, but are, are they a year ahead of schedule? The, any playoff experience is good experience for these guys who've never been in the playoffs. And certainly we want to see what Zach Levine's all about. And if you're the Bulls front office, AK and his front office staff trying to figure out if you're going to give uh, Zach Levine a five-year, $200 million contract, the max contract that he can get this offseason as an unrestricted free agent and a max player for the Chicago Bulls, you're going to be watching him very uh, intently to see how he responds, even though that knee is not 100%. And that comes into the contract uh, consideration as well. As much as you might love Zach Levine, and as much as he'll give you whatever he can give you in this postseason, can you invest five years and $200 million on a wonky knee that's already had surgery and then two procedures this year? Um, he, had the, the, he went out to L.A. to the specialist, got the knee drained, and also got a uh, cortisone shot. And uh, it still hasn't been completely uh, corrected. So only time will tell in the offseason if it will, in fact, be completely corrected. And the Bulls doctors will have to really give that a a good going over to tell the front office if that's a problem moving forward. Then you enter in that conversation with Zach Levine and his agents about what the future looks like. And if that knee isn't fully healed by the time you have to have that conversation, do you come in with a shorter term offer? And will Zach Levine even, would he be insulted by that offer? Or would would he understand that because of the knee, the Bulls can't invest the max money in the max years. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I think everyone, you know, most Bulls fans want to see Zach Levine stick around. And certainly he and uh, DeMar DeRozan have helped get them through to this point in the season. And you want to see what uh, what those two and some new pieces, I think Vooch might be moving on this offseason. Uh, you want to see what Patrick Williams brings to the table and what you need to add. Uh as you move forward here. But, you know, this postseason is not just about trying to surprise the Milwaukee Bucks. It's trying to impress the front office as to how much you want to stick around here and what your future here is with the Chicago Bulls. Because a year, if they're a year ahead of schedule or not, it's certainly uh, going to behoove these players to, to show the, uh, the front office that they can be part of a foundation moving forward. And uh, being, you know, whether they contend for a full season next year and are back in uh, the conversation with the top of the Eastern Conference, we we shall see. But it's been a, a tale of two seasons for the Chicago Bulls this year. Um, the fact of the matter is that they're a feel-good story, the surprise story of the NBA early on, and then they've kind of found their level and they found injury more often than they wanted to, certainly, and they limped into this uh, into this postseason. So. A lot of questions on the table beyond whether they can win the series against the Bucks, which everyone says is a resounding no, they can't. But can they make it interesting and can they impress individually and as a team so that the front office absolutely knows what foundation they have here, what they have to do moving forward, and uh, how they get back into those championship conversations? Because let's be honest, John Paxson used to always say we judge ourselves by championships around the Chicago Bulls. And 1998 is a long time and a lot of dust collected on that last uh, championship trophy that's now at the Advocate Center. So 
We'll see how it all plays out, and it will be interesting. Uh, 5.30 tomorrow night tip. And, again, Bulls 9.5-point underdogs. Uh, we'll talk more about it with Mark Zander tomorrow morning right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, we'll be here talking all sports. You can also catch us on the ESPN Chicago app and uh, check out all the podcasts on the app. It's idiot-proof. If I can work it, anyone can work it. If you want to check out the ads couple, you want to listen to the uh, Chicago White Sox Weekly, which is coming up with the great Connor McKnight in just a couple of minutes here. You can find it all there. Just down, download the app. Oh, it's Tyler Aki sitting in, the great Tyler Aki. That's terrific. So Tyler's going to sit in today, and I'll bring you Chicago White Sox Weekly. You can check out all the great podcasts and shows right there on the app. Download it at wherever you get your apps. Uh, it's ESPN Chicago, ESPN 1000. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. And until then, enjoy the rest of the day. you got all your sports on ESPN 1000, Chicago White Sox Weekly coming up.